ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Podcast. Children of all ages, boys and girls, dogs and kitties, let me introduce you the host, the one, the only, Philip. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to, this is the 15th episode of Let's Talk Podcast, and today we're going to talk about a new um, professional wrestling promotion called AEW. And today, I have a guest who's returning to this podcast, Derek Jones. Welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for having me back, Phil. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while for, what, two months ago? Yeah, it was a wonderful WrestleMania. Yeah, it was, it was good. Um, you know that you're the, since I started this podcast, you are the first guest return the podcast for the second time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, well, there's a lot. It's be good to be a wrestling fan now, you know. We have a new wrestling promotion called AEW, which stands for All Elite Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Khan, who is who was the owner of the NFL football team, Jacksonville Jaguars, is the owner of the AEW, who is a billionaire owner. owner. And it was started from January of this year, the new year, and then now they're being a new wrestling promotion. And I, my first, it's like, okay, uh, the more wrestling, you know, the better, but I hope they don't end up like TNA or Impact Wrestling or whatever you want to call it nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, but with the, you know, with Cody Rose and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, who are what, vice presidents not, uh, behind the scenes and stuff. When they first announced the new company in January, what's your first reaction? Uh, well, yeah, my first reaction was uh, this is going to be something good for wrestling. It's good to have another uh, promotion out there uh, that can provide an alternative to uh, all other wrestling that we see out there, especially uh, WWE. But uh, I was skeptical because we've seen a lot of promotions come up and rise up before and uh one of the big mistakes that a lot of companies make is trying to go directly at WWE. And uh, my initial thought was, okay, it's good that they're starting up, but let's uh, let's keep our eyes open here and let's like be realistic that this company is not just gonna waltz right in and just take over the entire world right away. So let, let's give it time to grow and let's see what they do. And let's kind of just see, first of all, what, what they're presenting us with, what their business model is, what kind of roster they're going to have. And um, the biggest thing, uh, what kind of TV deal they're going to have, because if they have any hope of really surviving, they're going to need a a really good TV deal. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Uh, I remember when after WCW went out of business, you know, it's not good for the wrestling industry. And when in, I believe 2002, when, Chip Cherry bring his company TNA. I like all right, and which is started the weekly pay per views at the time, which is like mm-hmm. every Wednesday. And I was like, <clears throat> it seemed like they want It's they have their good moments. I remember from when I've been, even though I didn't have to see the old TNA uh, yet from the early days, but I heard they were were good in the early days. But and now you fast forward, look at what happened to that company with uh, some weird network <laughs> you never heard of. Yeah. Uh, and I hope AEW don't 
follow their suit or not similar to that and learn from from them so they won't make the same um and it seemed like from the looking the roster they seem to have some towns guys they were announcing the rosters uh the biggest sign of course you got Kenny Omega which is huge because we know we heard rumors about WWE offer uh Kenny Omega a contract and same with there's rumors about offer the Young Bucks too but they turned mm-hmm. down uh, this is uh, and plus, don't forget Chris Jericho, which is pretty a big acclamation for the company. Um, they give exposure. Do you what are your thoughts on those roster with Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, the Young Bucks, and even Cody Rhodes? Yeah, I, I think um, Rhodes and the Young Bucks, like maybe WWE had them on their radar, and I, I feel like the only reason they did was in an effort to attempt to stop the uh, creation of a- AEW, but I don't think Rhodes or the Young Bucks ever had any intention of uh, joining the WWE at that time, and neither did Kenny Omega. Uh, I-, I know at that time, especially coming out of Wrestle Kingdom, that was the big question of where is Kenny Omega going to end up once his New Japan contract is up, and there was a lot of heavy speculation about WWE, and um, I know they offered him a pretty big contract, but I- there was not a doubt in my mind that like he was going to end up with his friends, with the Young Bucks, with Cody, and with all these guys in this new big wrestling venture. And there was no way he was going to jump ship to WWE before getting the chance to join this company. Chris Jericho shocked yeah. me because uh, yeah. I, I remember when the first match with uh, Omega at our Wrestle Kingdom a few years ago came about. You know, that was at a time that Chris Jericho, he wasn't under contract with WWE but he still had this idea that, you know, I can do this and I, I won't, I'll remain loyal to Vince McMahon. I won't wrestle in any, you know, other promotion in the United States and all that kind of stuff. And then slowly over time, he kind of softened his stance on that to the point where here he signed with a three-year deal, with a brand new wrestling company. And um, it was, it was very shocking to me because I did not expect Jericho to do that. But I do think that a guy like Jericho is a big name for this new company to kind of, you know, put out there like a name that a lot of wrestling fans know past and present. And he's here, he's locked in with us right now and we're going to put him at the forefront. And it was a smart move and uh, I'm very excited about it. Yeah. I, I'm surprised. All right, we're back. That's weird. I don't know why it's like this. Uh, yeah. That's that's got this in it. So hopefully that it did record the, you know, what we were talking about. So okay. I put it. I put it on there. So I was going to mention. Yeah, I was surprised about Chris Jericho, uh, signing with AEW. I never thought he was sign anywhere else. He was be loyal to the WWE and seemed to be you know 
loyal to the WWE for it since he jumped from WCW to WWE. And this is a, it was a huge, huge surprise and huge sign for AEW, which is good for AEW because they need, you know, one of the recognized names, which he was a big recognized name, household name. Uh yeah. when he built his uh his character, his recognition names, it's huge. Beat the Rockets Stone Cold the same very night. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, well, he'll tell you that himself. So. Yeah, definitely. And I, I remember uh, he mentioned. I think I, he mentioned on the, his podcast that he told the whole story of why he go to AEW. Now, I listened half of it because I never get a chance to listen to the entire tired thing. And he was told uh, from all start from when he was wrestling in New Japan with Kenny Omega, and he, even Vince McMahon gave him gave him blessing. To work in Japan with Kenny Omega at that time mm-hmm. at the Kingdom 13. And and I'm sure Vince shocked that he signed a deal with AEW left because after his contract expired with WWE and signed with AEW. Yep. And it's a huge boost. And you got Kenny Omega. Now imagine Kenny Omega's go to WWE. It's that will be who knows what will AEW will look like, but it's too too premature, maybe on my part, what it looked like uh, if Kenny Omega go to WWE because we don't know how they gonna use them, especially if they, you know, the way they treat guys from coming from NXT to WWE, right? Um, and but there is rumors about offering the biggest contract and giving him a creative clause. Um, you heard about that rumor? Uh, yeah, I heard about the big money, but I I, did, I thought the thing was that they wouldn't give him creative. And that was kind of a determining factor about that. But I know Kenny Omega, like he's very, very protective of uh, his character and the way he's portrayed and whatever format he's being represented on. So I know him having creative control over his own character was very important to him. And clearly that is something that WWE is not really fully willing to budge on. You know, they, they have 30 writers, so they're going to use them and, uh, everything the buck stops with Vince so there was like I I just don't think there was any way that Kenny Omega was going to get full creative control so long as Vince McMahon is still in charge over there so I maybe that was the case but I just don't think that was ever going to happen and I think that was just further enough reason for Omega to stick with his uh, boys and uh, go to AEW yeah, I I agree. Um, I can't I can see Vince give him a full creative control. Maybe maybe parts of it. Um, yeah, giving guys full create is never a good idea. Look what happened to WCW with Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, and, and whoever, and should learn from it. I'm I'm sure Vince is a smart businessman, and I'm pretty sure I don't think it's who knows. We will probably never know. Uh, if they're actually offering full creative or not, probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's it's good that he signed with AEW because you know, like I say, AEW that seems like they have talent. You see, we got the Young Bucks, you got Kenny Omega, you got Chris Jericho, you got um, who else? And look at the women division, awesome Kong, which we'll talk about the double or nothing pay per view in a while, and you got um. Uh, Pentagon Dark is not really exclusively contract under contract, but 
I'm, I know their partnership with, with what, Triple A, I believe? Yeah. Yeah. And Triple A, what they need is, I'd like to see them be partnership with New Japan Pro Wrestling. That would be huge. Huge, huge for them. So again, yeah, you got there to be a partnership with AEW and New Japan uh, at so, announced at some point this year. Um, I just think it it's a golden opportunity for both companies to you know cross promote and get that, especially for New Japan. You know, it's very important for them to get as much promotion and exposure in the the North American market as possible. And I think something like a New Japan, uh, a partnership with AEW would really be better beneficial for them. No, definitely, definitely that, and that, and you, know, you can see like dream. Well, I won't say dream matches, but you see, you can see the because uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling have a bunch of talent. Mm-hmm. And can mix up with AEW, even Triple A. You know, put right. some big matches, potential dream matches or whatever, and and build off their new character, develop their characters. Um, but yeah, and then you fast forward it back in what's it? May, I think it was May last month. TV deal. I wasn't expecting them to get a blockbuster TV deal, and boy, they did. Which uh, TNT, which is you know the last time it was WCW left two thousand one or being bought by WWE went out of business, and TNT. This is a huge, huge TV deal for AEW. What are your thoughts on it with that announcement? Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people really expected TNT to be the announced uh, channel or TV station for them. And I pretty much expected it too, but it was still great to hear because, uh, you know, this company, they're, they're brand new and they want to be taken seriously as a top promotion in order to do that and to compete with the big boys and, you know, be looked at on the higher level that they want to be looked at. You got to have a good TV deal. That's something that stuff like Ring of Honor and TNA or Impact, you know, they, they haven't really managed to fully do. And I think for AEW to get a deal with TNT uh, and, you know, with Turner uh, Broadcasting, now we're getting back in with um, pro wrestling and giving AEW a shot. I think that's great. It, it's a great platform for them. It gets a lot of eyeballs on them on a prominent network. Now, we still don't know what night of the week the show is going to air on, but just to know that they are going to be on a big uh, TV uh, channel like uh, TNT, that's that's huge for uh, AEW. Yeah, it's really huge. I didn't expect, to be honest with you, the way they end with WCW at the time, I know probably different uh, people won uh, Time Warner at the time compared to right now, but the way it ends with WCW, if we hear about those story about how WCW ended, I never thought they could have professional wrestling on their network anymore or at all. You know, why not focus on drama shows or movies or and whatever? And this is this is really huge and it's a huge platform. They say they're reporting this could be prime time. We just don't know what day as you say it. There were rumors about Tuesday. There's there's rumors or reports that the AEW trademark Tuesday Dynamite or something like that. You heard about that rumor? Yeah, some like there was some rumor about a Tuesday Night Dynamite trademark coming, and Tuesday Night would make sense, uh, especially you know with SmackDown moving to Fox this fall, and they're going to be on uh, Friday nights going forward. It frees up Tuesday night for them. Uh, we had Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, would I, 
either night would make sense for AEW, and I think it's really that. And the people who are saying Monday night, please stop saying that because <laughs> want AEW to succeed, and they're not going to if you put them directly on Monday night. So I think Tuesday, Tuesday is probably the most likely. I don't know if that that uh, dynamite name is going to stick or not, but I think Tuesday night does make sense. Yeah. Um. Personally, I like to see them put on Wednesday, and let me let me explain. They usually on TNT they show NBA games, and sometimes they show a lot of times they show on Thursday, but there are times they show on Tuesday. And you know, most likely, AEW is gonna be pre-attend when they show NBA games that day. Um, so I think it's better for AEW to show on Wednesday, so you have to be pre-attend. Do I'm I'm not a big fan of pre-attend tapings and stuff. It's not fun <laughs> for me. For you know, that's when I like to see that's live. That's yeah. not even if I DVR. And I think Wednesday might be a little bit better for AEW than Tuesday because NBA season, you know, which is coming in October usually, and they're gonna be pre attempt, especially season opener. And AEW, I'm assuming AEW will debut on TV possibly in the fall, this fall, or or seem that way, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I, that's my personal. As for the name Dynamite, I don't know if I like the name. And uh, doesn't really bother me that much. What, what are your thoughts on that name? Uh, Tuesday Night Dynamite, it, it sounds a little hokey to me. It sounds a little corny. So maybe they could think of something a little bit better. But um, I remember back in the day, I wasn't the, the biggest fan at first of SmackDown as a name for a, the WWF when they first started that show. But hey, it grew on me. So maybe a name like that could grow on me. But um. Yeah, they, they got many months. They can think of something, although I I do expect them to probably announce something within these next few months. But, uh, yeah, if that's what they go with, hey, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is what it is. It's just the name. And like you say, don't jump to Monday nights. See, the way I see it, we don't need another Monday night war. Even if AEW was growing the next five, ten years, we don't need another Monday night war. Keep keep it on the separate days. People, wrestling fans like me, you, and, and other wrestling fans want alternative get have option to watch another company, not just the WWE, but other companies to watch. And this is good for the wrestling industry and open opportunity for other wrestlers go work elsewhere, not just one company, one monopoly company. It's been going on for the past what twenty years, ten plus years or so. Um, you don't need another Monday Night War because if you have another Monday Night War, even if AEW, let's say AEW was growing the next five, ten years, and they Monday's Monday another Monday Night War, you we both know someone's gonna be someone's gonna lose and go out of business. It's gonna bound to happen if that happens the next five, ten years. Go with separate days, Tuesday or Wednesday. We don't need another Monday Night War. You don't. Um, do you agree with it? Oh yeah, yeah. You can compete and have have your war or whatever. You know, I, I hesitate to even call it a war right now, but it's like you can do the competition and you don't have to have it on the same night. Like we saw back in 2010, TNA they tried to attempt to do that when they had Hulk Hogan and a bunch of other old WWE or WCW names all come in at the same time, and they tried that and. You know, it got some attention at first, but then as the months went on, they got crushed and they had to go limping back to their Thursday night time slot that they originally had. So it's like, 
learn from the mistakes of the past. And like that, that just, that's not going to fly these days. Even at the worst time of WWE programming that we have right now, they still have a base audience that's going to keep tuning in every single week and they're not going to tune into AEW. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I, and I just realized this when I mentioned about Wednesdays, which might be better. If they go on Wednesday, they will basically technically compete against NXT. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, so there's that, but I don't think that will affect AEW. Let's say they go on Wednesday, I don't think it will affect them that much against nah. NXT. Not, nothing against NXT, don't right. get me wrong. But, you know, it's not like you face Monday Night Raw or, or go jump on Monday Night on Raw or jump on. Thursday, I mean, excuse me, Tuesday, well, technically it'll be Friday this fall on SmackDown once WWE SmackDown jump to Fox. It's not like you go head-to-head straight between the monsters, the head of monsters, that, which is the WWE. Yeah. Um, and then, but yeah, um, and you, you, you see, you know, AEW has the momentum. They're, right now, they have the momentum, and we have that, they have their very first pay-per-view event. And I'm sure you have seen it. I haven't yet. I, I never thought any... See, see, I have a different theory regarding prices for pay-per-views for whatever events, whether it's wrestling, UFC, boxing. I never thought pay-per-views should be worth $50 or more. It should be at least... Especially a new company like AEW, it should be $30. But I heard good reviews with the pay-per-view, double or nothing, which is last month at Las Vegas MGM Grand. Um... With some amazing matches in here and there, um, what are your thoughts on the pay per view? Uh, I thought it was a great pay per view. I thought it was a great show uh, showcase of a lot of the talent that they have, um, and just the flow of what kind of wrestling show they're they plan on having. And I thought it was really good. Like like you said, like top to bottom, a lot of really great matches, especially the. Um, the, the big main events, like the last three matches on the show, uh, were just all great. And um, they ended it on a very high note with the, the big debut at the end. And then they we see got a high, because I remember I read somewhere uh, after the pay per view, they had the highest buy rate, which is what, 100,000? Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I believe like worldwide, it was about 100. I think at this point, by the, by now, it's it was a little over a hundred thousand buys total, with uh, around seventy plus thousand uh, domestically here in the uh, the U.S. But uh, yeah, it it got a huge buy rate, which I was very shocked to see, and uh, I'm very pleased to see it. That means that you know whatever they're doing, they're doing something well, and you just got to think about the fact that the entire promotion for this pay per view, just like All In took place on their YouTube channel, on their Being the Elite series, on the, the, the Road to Double or Nothing videos and all that kind of stuff, all through YouTube, all through social media and all that kind of stuff. And they managed to get that big of a buy rate. So that's very promising. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty huge for a new company. It's impressive and they do something right. They do, like you said, they do a good job building off from YouTubes and I'm guilty of not watching all of them. I wasn't able to watch all of them yet. Yeah. And, but, you know, I did. I was able to watch the AEW buy-in, which is like 
their kickoff show, which is you know the battle royale and a couple of matches. Yep. And some of the names, there's a lot of names I never heard of or seen before. Um, the one guy I'm really impressed, and I've seen him on YouTube, and I've seen him on the uh, one of the podcast interviews. He's a heel. What's his name? MJF, I think. Oh yeah, Maxwell Jacob Freeman. Yep. Yeah, I'm very impressed with him. Uh, he's he's really a good, good, good heel. A potential to be a big time megastar. And he was the one of the last guys in the Battle Royal at the Bayern, mm-hmm. you know, with Adam Page, who's another young, promising talent, uh, which, which Adam Page won, which the winner of the Battle Royal gave a AEW World Tower Shot, which is the winner of Cherico Omega for the next AEW paper or the following week, which is in August, which I will talk, we'll talk about more about that in a while. Um, but is there any favorite matches you have you like on the at the pay per view? Uh, I think probably my favorite match was a lot of people's favorite match, which was uh, Cody and uh, Goldust uh, or Dustin Rose, I should say. Um, the storytelling that they had in that match, um, just everything about it, just clicked with me and my inner uh, old school wrestling fandom, and uh, it it was just all there on full display. Um, the the blood from uh, Dustin Rose, which I, I know turned a lot of people off. They thought it was a little bit excessive, and it probably w- wasn't even his fault. He probably, like, kind of cut into a very sensitive area, uh, kind of similar to what happened with uh, – we've seen this before in the past, like Eddie Guerrero at Judgment Day that one year. He basically cut into an artery and just bled a gusher. We've seen it with uh, Undertaker, Vince McMahon even. So it, I'm sure it was just a case where, you know, he bladed, but he – just cut a little too deep and the blood was probably a little bit more than it should have been. But I think it added a lot to the match. I think it added a lot to, you know, getting sympathy on Dustin and making Cody look even more vicious. And I just think the entire storytelling of that match, uh, it all worked. And um, in the end, I think even now, it was my favorite match of the entire night. The Young Bucks... Uh, Lucha Brothers match probably was a close second. I think even in my review of the show, I called that my favorite match. But looking back on it, I think Cody and uh, Dustin was probably my favorite with the taxi match being a really close second. Yeah, I, I heard good about that match, Cody and Dustin Rose. I need to check that match out. I believe it's on Daily Motion. Hopefully it's still there. <laughs> and I need, I need to check that match out. But I was waiting for them to... Uh, have a few when they were in WWE, and if you remember correctly, when Cody become Stardust, and him and well, actually before he turned Stardust, I think about there were team there were a few in the Shield, and they have Dusty Rhodes, their father, um, on their corner, and they won the tag team championship, which I still haven't seen that by the way. I forgot which pay per view was it, and it was I thought maybe ground. it was that battle pay per view. What was battle ground? Okay. Only reason I remember is because that match was just so great and the whole story of that was so great, but the rest of the show was just such dog shit. So, yeah, yeah, I still haven't seen it yet. Um, I still I need I need to check I need to check it out. I haven't seen all the pay per views from the WWE on the network yet, but mm-hmm. I thought they got built off the feud between those two, and then they come with the and it's all right. The character term started. I thought they gotta have a few, and I believe they did have a match. Didn't they like at SummerSlam at some point? Uh, no, they had a match at the Fast Lane pay per view in 20- yeah. literally a month before WrestleMania, and they just 
did the match. The match went over like a fart in church. No one cared. And they ended it in a pretty like undecisive way or just a very unenthusiastic way. And they just abandoned the entire thing. And we didn't get a WrestleMania match. We didn't get a proper story between the two of them. And they just kind of abandoned it at that point. Yeah, that's that's the that's Fence and the creative um fall I thought man they they have an opportunity to build that great story between those two brothers, you know, just like they did with Bret Hart and Owen Hart and to that degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they didn't capitalize it and which is disappointing. And then now they're both in AEW, um, tell a great story, even though I haven't seen the match yet. And with the blood and Dustin Rhodes, I like you say it add to it. You don't see wrestlers get played as much like it used to. You know, you've seen in the past from the 80s, 90s, you see Austin, you see Ric Flair, Dusty Rose played out like crazy. And it adds to it, to the story, to the match. Yep. It, it makes things, it's a different, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dimension to it, to that match. If that if that makes any sense. Yeah, I agree. And I I need to check that match, and I heard about the Young Bucks against the Lucha bro, bro, Brothers, uh, Pentagon Dark and Phoenix, uh, which it was an amazing, great tag team match. Um, a lot of people say those two matches, as you mentioned, are matching your candidate. Um, do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I would go as far as to say that I would rank both of those very high up on the list, and I would keep those matches in mind by the point we by the uh, time we get to the end of the year and look back on either one of those as a potential match of the year candidate. Yeah, okay. And then um, I know one of the other matches and I, I saw, so I, I actually saw the highlights of it. Uh, the triple, the uh, supposed to be a triple threat women match, which I failed the names right now. I'm not good with their names yet at EBW. It might take me a while to remember their names. Um, but then Brady, Brady Rose, who's Cody Rose's wife, cut a promo, and then surprisingly, Awesome Calm, who's now as part of All Elite. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I think that was one of the biggest surprises of the night for me. I did not expect Awesome Kong to uh, come out there and uh, wrestle in that match, just based on the fact that she just has such a messed up back right now, and she's been injured she's had this back injury for a very long time. So I just didn't even, her name didn't even cross my mind pretty much, but it was a really cool surprise to see her out there. And she looked like, you know, the dominant monster that she's been in the past that we've seen in TNA and uh, not really WWE, but um, the, the dominant force that we've seen of her in, uh, in, in the past. So it was really cool to see her as limited as her, Activity was in that match. It was still a really cool surprise to see her. Yeah, and you know, and that's you know, as to the women division, you know, she's. She, I'm wondering how they got, how much they got use her once they you know kick things out a little bit more on their show. Um, with awesome conference her bad back because you know back injuries they're no slouch, um, and that could be you know potentially career ending if you're not careful. And I hope for the best for. Uh, but it's a great surprise, and, and you know the great thing when they when they when she appear, the crowd react cheers a huge huge pop, which is great to see, you know. And I thought that was a captured that great moment with her surprise appearance, uh, one of those you know one of those little things, and 
and it was great. And that is add to the women division, um, which boosts up the women division a little bit. Um, let's talk a little bit about the women division either for a little bit. Uh, which woman that really impressed you in the AEW so far from the W or nothing? Uh, well, honestly, I'm not really a hundred percent familiar with every single woman they have on the uh, the AEW roster right now. But like you know, off the top of my head, I know uh, Britt Baker or Doctor Britt Baker. You know the um, the girlfriend of Adam Cole in NXT. Uh, I've seen a lot of her work in the past, so uh, she sticks out to me. And it's clear that they're positioning her as like the face of the AEW Women's Division. They have her you know, going with them on these, like, press junkets and all that kind of stuff. So, the, and plus, she was the winner of that Fatal 4-Way match at Double or Nothing. So, it's pretty clear to me that she's being propped up and positioned in that forefront of the women's division and kind of the one who's going to carry it. And uh, I think it's a fine choice. She's very uh, charismatic. She's great in the ring. And I think she adds a lot to it. So, building the division around her is... Seems like a good idea in my book. Yeah, um, I heard so much about her. I never, I haven't seen her matches yet. But I heard so much about her and seemed like pretty talent. They, uh, who's Kermit? 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 I can speak. Kermit? She's good on the mic. <laughs> good on the mic and solid in the ring and seemed like pushing her. Well. Based on one match, which is not really fair to say, premature to say it, but seem like they're really high of her. I mean, if they're not, they want right. to sign her. But um, I wouldn't be surprised she'd be the first AEW Women's Championship uh, once they decide to bring the, the belt for the Women's Championship. And speaking of the belt, AEW show the AEW World Heavy Championship belt, which is a big belt. Um, I thought it's a nice looking, beautiful belt, in my opinion. Which they have Bret Hart to show it, which is surprised to see Bret Hart in e- AEW, and I'm sure Vince will really take off about that. What are your thoughts on the the sign of the belt and Bret Hart surprised to be here in AEW? Uh, I thought the championship belt looks uh, gorgeous. Um, it's a very good looking belt. It, it it has like a mixture of a UFC style along with New Japan, um, and you know the guys who are in charge of this company all come from New Japan and have had exposure there. So, of course, they were inspired by that, and they kind of went with that look for their uh, championship design, and I think it's great. You know, that's the, the cornerstone of your your, uh, your company there, and you want to build the show around that championship, and, you know, it has to look good and not, you know, ugly or gaudy or anything like that, and it has to, you know, represent your company very well, and I think they did that with the design of this championship belt. And I think having Bret Hart on the show to present it was a really good move. You know, a legend like Bret Hart, two-time Hall of Famer, multi, multiple-time world champion out there to present it adds a lot more prestige and importance to it. And Vince probably was upset, but Bret Hart is in a position where he just doesn't give a fuck. And he'll just do whatever he wants to do. He'll say whatever he wants to say, like how many times that we heard in interviews him just completely bury Triple H and Stephanie McMahon and even Seth Rollins like he'll he'll say whatever he wants to say and you know some people don't like it some people do but Bret Hart ain't gonna do whatever he wants to do and I respect him for it 
Yeah, uh, same thing. Um, he's like a what's the word? Like a like a shooter who you know you say if you have something to say and you say it, tell <laughs> the truth. Um, just like some other guys will, like Stone Cold, CM Punk, or whatever, where whatever they speak their minds. And Bret Hart, you know, he's been through a lot. You know, he's true, and it's good to see him um appear on Double or Nothing show that awesome looking world championship belt. Um, I heard that he tripped something like that. Is that is that correct? Uh, I think it was after the either the cameras were off or like they they weren't focused on the ring anymore. And I I, I did hear that he may have tripped when uh getting out of the ring. But as far as I know, he's okay. He wasn't seriously hurt or anything like that. But you know, hey, Bret Hart, he is not the the excellence of execution that he was back in the '90s. He's a stroke victim. He's much older, so you know that that kind of thing will happen. I'm just glad he's okay, and it wasn't like a serious fall or anything like that. But um, yeah, that that was the rumor going around. I didn't see it. I didn't see any footage of it or anything like that. But uh, as long as he's okay, that's all that matters. Yeah, that's I glad he's okay, especially you know not that long ago, a couple what few months ago at the Hall of Fame, there's some idiot tackle him. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I glad he's I bet I bet I believe he break his he hurt he injured his head and he had to have surgery, didn't he? I, I I was not aware that he had surgery over it, but I, I do I do know he got he did get hurt over it. Uh mm. which, you know, it is unfortunate that that even happened. Although I, I will bring up that that um during that on the uh dollar nothing segment with the uh, championship uh unveiling uh we mentioned mjf earlier and he was the one who came out there and he kind of made a joke about that like oh look out brett there's a fan and uh you know that got major heat from the crowd oh. yeah oh. like, like you were saying like MJ, mjf like he has a bright future ahead of him he is he has this heel character down to a t he reminds me a lot of the miz in that way and a lot of other heels like chris jericho or anything like that just this smug arrogant douchebag that you just punch in the face. And that's somebody that you can make a lot of money off of as one of your top guys. So I, I see big things ahead of him. Yeah, and I see big things on him too. And I believe he was, before the Double or Nothing, there's this guy on the YouTube channel. He interviewed wrestlers, you know, like, like a shoot interview. And this, his name is um, Chris Fan something. I can't, I can't get his name. Yeah, there you go. He interviewed MJF, and even MJF was in character in that interview. It was great. I don't know if you, you watched that interf- uh, interview, but if you haven't, check it out on YouTube. It's funny, and he just—he was in character, you know. He was being a douche yep. uh, to that guy. It was—it was great. It was great. I was like, oh man, <laughs> he was all in. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> it was great, and he's a—he has a bright future, and I hope for the best for the young dude. Um, I see him a future world champion when uh when he keep keep that keep that good work up. Absolutely, you know? I see him. As, and as for other matches, you got the um Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho match. Um, now the first meeting they met was in New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I saw at uh, Wrestle Kingdom a couple years ago, which it was a great great match, and then they meet again for the second time. Uh, second time meeting at uh, Double or Nothing, and there's no surprise that Cherko win. But as for the match itself, how 
What are your thoughts on the match? Uh, I thought the match was great. Uh, I think of the three main events, it was the weakest, but that's not even a knock on the match. That just that does more to highlight how great the other two were. But um, it was a really great match. Um, obviously, Chris Jericho is not going to be the same Jericho that he was before. He's not the same high-flying kind of guy. Uh, he's taking on a, a more brawler-type style of wrestling, and it works for him. And uh, he and Kenny Omega have excellent uh, chemistry together. Kenny Omega is one of the best in the world, even still. Um, he He's up there. So the two of them went out there, and they had a great brawl. And, uh, yeah, I uh, expected Chris Jericho to get the win. Uh, you know, Kenny Omega won the first match back at Wrestle Kingdom, plus Chris Jericho has a New Japan match coming up with uh, Okada at Dominion for the IWGP Championship. So it made sense for uh, Jericho to get the win. And having him in the match to determine the first ever AEW champion is a very, very wise move to make. I, I agree. Um, you you want a big recognizing my name to win a important match to be get a world, world title shot against a young upcoming talent, which is Adam Page, who won the battle, which I mentioned earlier, which will be Chris Jericho against Adam Cole uh, in August 31st, um, All Out. Uh, I like the name, by the way. <laughs> all Out. Instead of All In, it's All Out, which is will take place in Chicago. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it in a while. Um, but um, Chris Churgo won, which is a smart business move because you want your recognized name, especially when making your debut on the TNT. Um, now, it's a way to be seen with him winning the world title, which I think might be another smart move. Um, get ready for that TV debut at TNT. Um, do you see Chris Churgo being the first AEW world champion? Uh, that that's the interesting thing about that match. Uh, you, you you have Chris Jericho, who's this established name and you know a very recognizable person. Meanwhile, you have Adam Page, who's this young upstart who we've seen grown into being this hangman character that he has, and you know he's someone who you can build a company around. But you know, I just think he might need a little bit more time to grow and build and. That's why I'm with you. I think having Chris Jericho win that match and becoming the uh, AEW World Champion makes all the sense in the world. And uh, I'm pretty—I have a good feeling that's probably the direction they're going to go in. And uh, having him be the champion when they debut on TNT, and having these you, these other guys like Kenny Omega, like uh, Adam Page, you know, chase him and you know, kind of feud with him for a while. I think it, it would be great. Yeah, I I agree. Um, it'll be the step in the right direction if have a recognized name like Cherko be the first world champion, and just I think Adam Page is not ready to, for that win the world title yet. Just build him up, build him the, one of those, build him, make him over as a top top baby face, not just only Kenny Omega but Adam Page too. Um, just to build up, um, build up the story to it to the characters, and it will pay off at the long run. Um, but at the now, at the end of the Chris Charger and Kenny Omega at the double or nothing, you see, and, and this is not really surprising after his contract expired, which I talk about. Tron Moxley, who's known as the Ambrose, makes his debut at double or nothing, and the crowd, and I saw the highlights of it, of the main, uh, how the crowd react, and crowd, you know, react, uh, great, great reaction. When he appeared, jumping from the from the crowd, just like you know, with the shield, 
how they appear and then attack both Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. What are your thoughts on John Moxley in AEW? Uh, I, I thought it was a, a fantastic way to debut uh, John Moxley. You knew that just having Jericho win and that be like you, you knew on a show like this there had to be some big, uh, big cliffhanger ending and having John Moxley come out through the crowd, which I thought was a genius move. And uh, coming out there to lay out both Jericho and Omega, I thought it was great. The crowd was just going apeshit crazy for him from the moment they all saw him. You know, there was, there was a slight commotion. And then once he became visible, that's when just the, the place erupted. And he was out there and they just did not stall. They did not quiet down for anything. Like they were just on their feet going crazy for him from the all the way up until they cut to black and ended the show. And uh, I think John Moxley being in AEW is a great pickup. I think it was an obvious choice once his uh, contract came to an end. But, um, yeah, it, it's good to see him, you know, in an environment where he gets to express himself the way he wants to, a way that he really did not or could not in WWE, as he revealed on the multiple interviews that he's had recently. But, um, yeah, I was, it was very chilling to see – John Moxley debut like that, and I'm very excited about what he can add to the uh, AEW uh, world, pretty much. Yeah, and you know, and this it kind of reminds me. I don't know about you, but when the way the crowd reacted, he appeared, he he attacked both Omega and Jericho, and it kind of reminded me of Stone Cold, like in terms of the character, or Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, attack both guys. You know, don't give them this and that. I believe that's gonna be something to see how his character, how he would develop the character in EW, which is something you can't do in the WWE or not allowed to do in WWE or whatever. Because you know, WWE try to make him after the shield split up the first time, they make him try to make him as corny, make him funny or something kind of the problem. It's just yep. lame, and I think they're not utilizing him. Properly, because we both know he's a very good on the mic. Yeah, he can cut pretty damn good promos. And now he's not the most technical wrestler, but if you use the mic for the, the right point, he can put up good match. He's a very good brawler. Uh, he may be able to put good matches. Not the most technical wrestler, but if you book him well, you have something. But WWE that failed to capitalize, and I hope, and I'm I believe AEW can use him properly. And I know Cody Rhodes stated. One of the interviews that one of the guys you want in the AEW was Tom Moxley. And, you know, Tom Moxley worked with his dad back in the days, back in, I believe, FCW yep. before NXT. Yep. And I heard he had good matches with William Regal back then, um, which I still haven't seen, by the way. Yeah, I'm really behind. <laughs> and I think, you know, you got the big time, big time recognized name, another recognized name, just not just Chris Jericho, but another one, which is, um, John Moxley, which is a huge, huge, huge pickup for um, AEW, um, our elite wrestling. And you, there's no doubt that he will be feeling with Kenny Omega, which could be a great feel, and feel with probably Chris Jericho and some other young talent in AEW. And I believe John Moxley is working in the Japan Pro Wrestling not that long ago, and he won the NJ. NJPW United States Championship when he beat Juice Robinson. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, it was at the um, the finale or the finals, I should say, of the 
best of the Super Juniors tournament. He was on the show. He uh, had a match with Juice Robinson for the U.S. title. He won. And uh, it was really cool to see. It's just really cool to see him basically free. You know, he, he's uh, he's free of the chains of WWE, and he's out here. He's doing stuff in AEW. He gets a, a shot to come over to New Japan for one of their top championships and win. And what was a really good match, he and Juice had a, a damn good match on that show. Um, and it, it's just really cool to see him have this much freedom to express himself the way that I know uh, John Moxley wants to, because at the end of the day, he, he loves to wrestle. It doesn't really matter where he's at or what he's doing. As long as he gets to wrestle and, you know, be the personality that he is, I, I can tell he's having a blast right now. And, oh, and we just seen him do this much. And I, on the Dominion show coming up pretty soon, he's going to be competing on that show. So it, it's cool to see him you know, bounce around to all these different areas like that. Yeah, and you know it's it's great to see him. What's the word I'm looking for? Having fun again, you know, because you know there's we heard stories about being the WWE. You know, the the way he left the WWE is kind of like similar to CM Punk, the way bad in bad terms. Is that? Do you agree with that? I don't really think it was bad terms. The way he left, at least no. not a two way street like it kind of was with CM Punk. Because I think you know Punk was fed up with them and he. He put them in a situation where they were they were fed up with him as well. But I think with uh, Ambrose when he left, they I think Vince was under the uh, understanding that you know Ambrose just wants a break and all that kind of stuff. That's why he put him in all the different Shield you know farewell matches and all that kind of stuff. And they went out on TV and announced uh, months in advance that the Ambrose when his contract's up he's leaving, which was very weird to a lot of people even uh, ambrose mentioned like he he thought that was a weird move for them to make but um i think they genuinely wanted you know him to have a good send off although what was he really doing he got he, he took a bump for nia Jax. he got beat up by drew mcintyre every single week so they still had him you know do a couple jobs and put some people on the way out but i i think it was mostly respectful on their part, but uh, you could tell with him he was just fed up with the whole thing. Yeah, and he doesn't even have a match at WrestleMania this past year, you know. And uh, you don't even use him at WrestleMania, and then you only use him afterwards, which you know the farewell share, um, share seals of union, and and that's pretty much end of it. And it's and that is unlike because I never. Um, if I remember correctly, I never seen WWE or heard WWE say, "Oh, this guy's contract expires soon." This, unless they go over the story, and like like CM Punk did when he was yeah. there, man, that, that's the time. But that's but with the Ambrose, that's he gets that's a little different. You know, and I didn't expect. I thought maybe that might be an angle or some sort or storyline when they mentioned, "Oh, he's contract expired." Maybe they we actually renew his contract, but apparently not. And it's kind of shocking. They mentioned on TV. You know, many times, and then that's pretty much the end of it. And but I'm glad he's he left there. Now he he do you know whatever that he loved to do, and let him loose. You know, let him reach his potential. You know, and I wish him the best. One of the you know, and one of the best talkers, and he would be one of the big impact player for AEW when that's all said and done. 
Um, now AEW, they're gonna have another event, uh, which is in I believe June, correct? Uh yeah, the uh the Fighter Fest. The Fire Fest, yeah, that's the name of it. The Fire Fest. I'm always wondering how how they come up with the name. <laughs> because they can't, I mean, Double or Nothing, I thought that was a good name. And you got Fire, Fighter, what was it? Fire yeah, Fighter Fighter Fest, yeah. Fire Fest, and then you got All Out. And those are pretty solid original names. And that, that's a good, WWE need to learn some, something like that. Because, <laughs> you, you know, WWE, uh, they can come up with lame names, and but anyways, Firefest. Um, what is the card for Firefest? Uh, I I think the only well, I I don't really know any of the other matches, but I think so far confirmed or at least what I know of is there's a tag team match. We got the Young Bucks taking on uh, Cody and Dustin Rhodes. Uh, I think that's probably going to be the main event, and um, I think. John Moxley's first uh, official AEW match will be on that show, and I believe it's against Joey Janela. Okay, and the right now, the, let's talk about the Young Bucks and against the Road Brothers. That has potential to be a match of the year candidate, I think, and I think it'll be a classic tag team match. I had that feeling that Cole is going to turn on Dustin Rhodes, turn his brother. I just had that feeling. I don't know why. I just have that terrible gut feeling. Because if you remember correctly, if you remember this, uh, when they were hyping up the match between him and his brother for double or nothing, he they mentioned that he mentioned he wants to kill the Attitude Era, which Dustin was the last of the Attitude Era. He wanted to kill it. and But, you know, uh, suddenly they reunited. After the end match, he wants to team up with his brother to face the Young Bucks. And that seemed like maybe they're building up something. Do you see that happening? Uh, I, I kind of got the feeling at Double or Nothing that the story pretty much ended there with Cody winning. But I, I guess it, hey, anything can happen. Uh, you know, it was right after the match that Cody, you know, asked Dustin to be his partner. So it's possible that he turns on him and they continue the feud from there. Um, or, hey, even maybe Dustin might turn on him. You know, you never know. One of them could turn on, on the other. I just think, you know, hey, that's just the wrestling fan in us. You know, we, we see two people who were feuding or had a match or something like that, and they team back up. And, of course, our instant reaction is there's no way this is going to go off without some kind of hitch, and one of them is going to turn on the other. So yeah. I, I think just based on the match of Double or Nothing, that seemed like a blow-off to their feud. But, hey, anything's possible. And uh, if they want to continue it, as long as the story stays good, I'm all for it. Yeah, same here, same here. Um, and do you see the match to be potential match with your candidate between the Young Bucks and the Road Brothers? Oh, for sure. I don't think they're going to go out there and, you know, put on a stinker or anything like that. I think you got four extremely talented guys. And yes, very extremely talented for those people who don't look at the Young Bucks as anything but, but a bunch of spot monkeys and super kicks and all that kind of stuff. Outside of the super kicks, they still put on excellent matches. And uh, Cody and Dustin, they got that old school mentality. So I think all four of them are going to go out there and put on one hell of a match. And uh, yeah, that that's uh, definitely a match I'm looking forward to uh, very much. So yeah, isn't it uh, be on pay per view? Isn't it? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay, yeah, because I heard because I heard when they went that uh, I can talk advertising on fight. Fighter Fest, and didn't mention it's gonna be on pay per view or not. So I was like, I'm wondering, is it pay per view or 
What? And but anyways, they, so far they have two matches. Another match is Tom McAfee against um who, who's that one guy? Uh, Joey Janela. So, I'm not familiar with him. Are you familiar with this guy? Uh, kind of, not really. Uh, my first real exposure to him was um at the All In show last year. He and uh, Adam Page had like some kind of street fight on that show, and um, I just remember it. You know, it went on a little too long. Some of the spots got a little too over the top. But uh, I remember them having a really good match, and I remember Joey Janela being a really entertaining uh, part to watch. Uh, he has um, a valet with them, uh, Penelope uh, Penelope Ford, I believe is her name, and uh, they, they're they a pretty good act together from what I can tell. So I think um, he and Moxley are going to go out there and have a, a really good match. Yeah, I, I, I got to check some clips of him to give me an idea about this guy, because um, I never heard of him um, until they announced yeah. the match. Um so I never, I'm not familiar with the guy, but I heard from a, one of the wrestling message report that he's pretty good, um, and it should be a, like a good match. Or that's what you know, what some people are familiar with him. So we'll see. Um, I had to check his match and stuff. Now, right, so far we got two matches, and and I'm sure they'll be announcing more matches soon because you know it's the event sometime this mm-hmm. month in June. Um, what other matches do you see happening for Fire Fest? Um, if you want, to. you know, I really can't think of anything. I I think this is kind of a very very much smaller show compared to Double or Nothing or even All Out. I think All Out is going to be the the next really big show. So I, I, I and maybe I'm wrong for thinking that. I just don't think that Fighter Fest is something that they're going to really put a huge amount of effort into. Not that it's going to be a weak show or anything like that, but I just think it's going to be more like. Uh, a smaller show that for people to enjoy, uh, so, kind of like a house show, kind pretty of like much show. like that, like like a, a big house show kind of thing. And I, I, I would think that maybe Kenny Omega would wrestle on that show somewhere, but I, I don't really know. So, yeah. and obviously a match with the women, probably something with Britt Baker, I would assume would be on that show. Allie from uh, uh, Impact, she uh, was at Double or Nothing. She was doing commentary for that. Uh, women's match, so maybe she'll be on that show in some capacity. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and now let's talk about All Out, which is, so far, we only have one match right now, which will crown the first ever AEW World Heavyweight Championship, which obviously could be the main event. It will be Chris Jericho against the Hammond and Adam Page, which both won their represent match for Double or Nothing to, to get Fans to get a World Heavyweight title shot for AEW, um, which this potential to be a very good main event. And now, they it will take place in Chicago. I'm sure you know where I'm going going at <laughs> Chicago. And you see the when you promote the event all out, you see that Chicago the stars, which a lot of people say it's a Chicago flag, which it is, but also the same design like with CM Punk shirt. Now, of course, we heard rumors about CM Punk and AEW, and I believe Tony Khan did mention that he wants CM Punk. Um, do you see that happening with Punk appearing all out? Oh yeah, I think it's all all but a guarantee that CM Punk's going to be there. Uh, I, I fully expect I, I fully expected when they announced AEW uh, from from the jump that somebody like CM Punk would end up 
you know, signing with them and joining the company because I know I know WWE sucked the life out of him and you know his love of wrestling and it died down for a couple of years. But I, I can tell like he like you don't just lose that. You know, you still got it in you. And I think something like AEW will be a big opportunity for him to reignite that passion that he once had for pro wrestling. And I think, you know, the stars are going to align, no pun intended here, for uh, CM Punk to show up there uh, probably in the same fashion that John Moxley did at the, um, the end of Double or Nothing, probably interrupting or not interrupting, but like after the conclusion of that main event, uh, we'll see CM Punk come out there in some way. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely expecting Punk to uh, show up. And the only way that I can't see him showing up at that show would be if they want to hold him off for their debut on TNT. So whenever they finally debut their new show on TNT, I could see them maybe wanting to hold him off until then. But with it being in Chicago and all that kind of stuff, uh, their, their second biggest pay-per-view, I, I think – it would make a lot of sense for Punk to show up, and I do expect it to happen. Yeah, um, when, when, I'm not going to say F, but when CM Punk appear at AEW, this would be huge for AEW. You, this would be like a, what's the word I'm looking for, a game changer for AEW, because, you know, CM Punk, he's still the most recognized name, and you hear chant still with his chant, his name in WWE, especially with Shane McMahon, best in the world, Ding, and and, you know, he's the most recognized name, big-time name, and this will be huge for AEW, huge pickup for AEW and CM Punk. I know, man, with the bad turns he deal with WWE, that he lost his passion with the wrestling, but I always believe he'll be back in professional wrestling. It's a matter of where and when, and I think AEW should be perfect fit for him. Um, for CM Punk and it's a marriage. It'll be a maritime now. He's under. They say he's under contract with UFC, so it's kind of make me wonder will it dispute his appearance in the AEW? Um, what are your thoughts on that one? Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I assume he might still be under contract with UFC, but I, I don't know a hundred percent about that. But I do. Regardless, I, I think he will be showing up in AEW. Plus, I don't think UFC really wants much left to do with Punk after those two fights that he had where he basically embarrassed himself, uh, just getting his ass kicked the way he did. So, you know, I'm sure they're willing to let it slide or, you know, let him out of his contract or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to be enough to stop him from showing up in AEW. Okay. Okay, yeah, and... It'll be a huge reaction if, when he appear either, especially you know in Chicago, out out, which is August thirty first, and could be it'll be a huge reaction. Um, I know I'll be able to see that pay per view because by the time NFL come, I pay for a Sunday ticket because you know how expensive they are. <laughs> so I won't be able to see that paper. I don't think so, but I'll, I'm gonna try. Um, but we'll see. But um, but it will mix it. Let's make sense. You you mentioned that they could hold him off and wait till when they debut on TNT, which is you know make perfect sense. Which is I could see that happening too. Um, just like you know you see when WCW debuted Nitro, you got Lex Luger returned to WCW debut on Nitro Monday Nitro. Not saying that CM Punk is Lex Luger or anything like that, but 
I can see that happening. They're holding off, which will boost up, you know, big ratings. Yeah. Um, but but at the same token, if Punk doesn't appear all out, you know, people will expect him to appear, make some sort of appearance. People are gonna rock. <laughs> people is gonna be upset yeah. about because you know you know how people they want they like to see they you got you still have a huge CM Punk fans bunch of fans and I'm a fan of CM Punk and people will be disappointed if he doesn't show up at all at all out August 31st and people just got a route but hey sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do right um if you want a big a good first impression on on the TV deal maybe it might be better to hold off we'll, we'll see we, we won't find out come August 31st um that's long ways to go so we'll see now you see, like a bunch of talents in the AEW All Elite Wrestling. Now, if you want, if there is one guy, one guy. Now, I'm not talking about those obvious names like AJ Styles or Randy Orton or whoever or Dan O'Brien. But if there's one guy you want to pick in the WWE roster who you think should will be good in AEW, who could it be? Well, that's. Uh, I- do you got a couple hours to go through <laughs> the entire roster? <laughs> underappreciated, <laughs> undervalued, underrated guy. <laughs> He's so much better off somewhere else, like in AEW. I mean, off the top of my head, like it instantly goes to not one but two guys, and that's Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder of the Revival. I think they, above almost everyone else in WWE right now, uh, not that there's not anyone else, but I think those two guys for sure would just be perfect for AEW and their uh, tag team division. Like based on that match that we saw at Double or Nothing, and just what we see, and you know the Young Bucks, they're one of the head executive vice presidents, and all that kind of stuff. I can tell there's going to be a huge focus on tag team wrestling in this company. I think a team like the Revival and uh, AEW mixing up with um, the likes of the Young Bucks or the Lucha Bros or the the other teams that we've seen in uh, AEW so far, I think that, it'd be great for them. But um, they're still going to be in WWE prison for a couple more months. Um, but I think they would just they're in desperate need to get out from under the thumb of Vince McMahon. Yeah, I agree. The rivals deserve better because you know when I first saw them. When they were in NXT, that's an old school tag team, and they were, and I'm impressed with them. You know, with their match with JJ Jordan and, and Chad Gable, which is another team, which is they end up that team prematurely. You know, at the end, JJ Jordan is injured, um, and but and then with their other their work in in NXT, they were another great tag team. But you know, knowing WWE, once they got promoted to the WWE, they just not using them properly, they just come up with this stupid segment with the Usos, you know, and there's potential with the matches between Uso and the rivals, but they just WWE just don't they just don't capitalize with or reach their help them reach their talents or potentially and you know they don't really care about the tactic division most most of the time. And the rivals deserve better and I hope whenever the contract expires they jump to AEW, and you know I could see the potential dream matchups or matchups with the, uh, the rivals, like such as the Young Bucks or even the Road Brothers, if they stick together, or um, 
what other tattoo? The Lucha Brothers, like they bring them in, or um, what other tattoo? Um, what's the name of that other tattoo? Uh, cause oh yeah, um, the SCU okay. or even the SCU, the uh, Kazarian the- and uh, Scorpio Sky. Yeah, exactly. Or Christopher Daniel and Kazarian. You know, you don't, you don't want the two, and that's potentially could be great tag team matches. The rival deserve better. You know, I was happy when they won the World Tag Team Championship, but but I know they're gonna not gonna use them properly. I didn't get my hopes up of to, to turn them around. I mean, after all, I who is the World Tag Team Champion anyways? Oh yeah, that's right. Sack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. I mean come on. I mean we have them show up on TV in like a month, so no, and that's what a joke, man. That not not the workers' fault, but that's the Vince McMahon, the creatine's fault. Um, the rival, but I can, I can list, like you said, you can go another hour or two to list those names <laughs> who could be a good fit for the AEW, who is the most underappreciated, underrated, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of names out there. Um, one of the names, Luke Harper, is another good example, who is known as Paul Lee. He wants out, but they don't grant him his release yeah. in the WWE. Yeah. Nah, not only did they not grant him his release, but they added time onto his already contract for the time he missed when he was injured. So he's there even longer now. Is it lo- oh wow? Uh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> wow, that's that's a bummer. That's really but and he's a. Now I was kind of surprised to be honest with you. I was kind of because you know Fitz McMahon like big guy, mm-hmm. and he's a big dude. He he's a very good worker, but. And you know, you thought you maybe had something with the Wyatt family at the time, which they blew it, by the way. And but they just don't do a good job using him or how to use them properly, you know. And I thought, you know, Luke Harper. I mean, I first saw him. I saw him in the other Indies uh, before he was in the WWE. I forget which Indies. I think it was Dragon Gate. And he was agile, mobile, a good. He can move pretty well for his size, and he's a, he's a good worker. He deserved to get pushed. Um, I remember when I, he went, went in the WWE, when WWE came here where I live for the live event, he, he had a great reaction here. A great, great reaction. Even though he's supposed to be a heel, but he got lit over pretty well. And when people were chanting his name, including me, and I can't remember who he was competing against. I think it was um, Dean Ambrose, or no, not Dean Ambrose. I can't remember who was it, but um, that this is like two years ago, and th- that's one guy that should be perfect fit for AEW and probably utilize him better, or even New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, but and another guy is even though they are using him, but not, but they're using another guy, which I talk about one of the new days, Big E. Now I think Big E would be a future impact player if they use him right. Uh, I think to be honest with you, I think there's a heel turn coming up with him. With him once he get healthy, you know, with the, once he's clear whenever that is. Um, I know there's rumors about, or there's reports about possibly out for a year, which will be a which is a bummer. Um, I, but I could see him in a, I don't know if Vince will push him in the WWE or not, but I could see him pretty much Pushing pretty well in AEW. Um, do you agree with that? 
Uh, yeah, Biggie is an interesting choice for uh, some somebody in uh, AEW. I think he, I think he would do really well in there. I, I don't see it happening. I don't look at him and think he's someone who feels like frustrated creatively in WWE. But and uh, as far as a potential heel turn is concerned, I, it, it's definitely possible. I could definitely see it happening. But at this point, based on how big he is on Twitter, it would be a crime to turn this man heel. He is far too entertaining uh, as how he is on Twitter. If we can find a way to translate his Twitter onto his on-screen character when he gets back, he'll be the biggest baby face on the show. And I just don't see it going any other way. But um, yeah, whether he stays in WWE or he goes to somewhere like AEW, I think He's he's has a big future ahead of him, uh, especially once the Kofi Kingston stuff is uh, over and he eventually loses the championship. I can see Big E stepping into that role, whether babyface or heel, and kind of being one of the top guys on SmackDown. Yeah, um, I believe I, I don't remember who was it, but I believe someone in the WWE on the creative, and you may you may know, but one of them wanted to push Big E instead of but other but Vince wants to push Roman. It might be Triple H. Jupiter might be the one that want to push Roman. I'm not sure, but it was between Roman or B.E. Or that's according to rumors. I don't know. I don't remember which site was it, whatever. But one of them want to push B.E. to be a, one of the big-time star instead of Roman. But Roman's the one to get the rub. Um, you, you heard anything about that? Uh, I, I can't say I've, I've heard anything like that. I don't doubt it. Uh, you know, they Vince has a hard-on for Roman Reigns, so, you know, it was always going to be him, but um, yeah, the thought of Big E being, being pushed as a top guy, I, I saw a top guy potential in him uh, way back in his NXT days, you know, the days where he was you know, doing a five-count gimmick where, you know, you'd beat his opponent for a three-count and have an extra two to go all the way up to the five-count, and um, yeah, Big E is just very entertaining. He's, he's a very good wrestler, too. Like, we haven't seen a whole lot of biggie matches especially single matches but you know from the few we've seen he, he's very capable in the ring he can handle himself and he is extremely entertaining he has this amount of charisma that we've seen branch out thanks to the new day and um i think it's going to be very beneficial for him when uh, he is positioned in a, a more prominent role at this point, I don't see him being like, okay, we're going to strap the rocket to this guy and he's going to be the guy who we push all the way. But I can see him, if they if they want to, putting him in a, a much higher spot on the card. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, he has a lot of talent. He's a funny guy, especially, you know, if you watch the Up, up Down Down YouTube channel, but was owned by Oscar Creed. Um, he... He he's one of those guys you want to meet in person, <laughs> in person, yes, you know, one of those, you know, and you know it's it's you know one of those good guys that you want in the locker room. Um, I, I see, like you said, we both agree uh, that he, we see him as a big time future star. I hope, I hope he gets there. Um, I could see him feud with Roman. I'm <laughs> the crowd probably would be on Biggie's side if that you know ever happened. Now. Um, as we said, um, there are other guys who probably fit. AEW mentioned um, the rivals, 
Luke Harper, Big E, and there's some other guys. Um, now, here's a question about AEW. Where do you see AEW for the next five to ten years? Ooh. <laughs> let's, 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 uh, <laughs> let's get them through one year first. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we haven't even seen their TV show yet. But, um, I, I, I do think, that, you know, if they, you know, keep their nose to the grindstone, basically, and, you know, they are very aware of what kind of prom- promotion they are, what kind of content they're promoting, and what kind of reputation they want to have, as, as long as they, you know, have a strong enough faith with their fans, and they have built they have a strong connection with their talent and they feature them prominently and they take things seriously and they give these guys freedom to express themselves and get over with the crowd in, in an organic way and are just a good alternative and not a copy of WWE, then these next, they can thrive within these next few years and we'll see, you know, hopefully down the line, they'll become even bigger than what they can potentially be. Um, yeah, it's probably in my part, maybe a little premature to ask that question, but I just want to hear your answers, see what your thoughts on it. <laughs> but, you know, you never know. Um, I'm all with the succeed, you know, AEW. Um, it's good to have another alternative option. I mean, yeah, there's, we got New Japan Pro Wrestling. Well, not a lot of people have that station, Access TV, but I do, uh, uh, lucky for me. Um, and then Impact Wrestling, which is I forgot which network they on. Uh, I get that channel too, but not many people get that. And you know, Impact Wrestling products being you know hit or miss. Um, and then Lucha Underground, which I heard rumors that Lucha Underground is probably finished because there's a lot of guys who are going to different companies and can get the other workers to work for them. So that might be over with, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, and then you got Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor, and everything, but they're not, you know, like a big time. What, what's the word I'm looking for? This is one of those, um, one of those small time networks, which uh, cynical networks or whatever you yeah, want to call it. Networks um, and stuff. Yeah, you know, which is, you know, which I get Ring of Honor, um, but that's like five four in the morning. But I DVR at five four in the morning because I'm not gonna wake up that early morning just to watch it. Um, but you know, it's great that AEW with TNT, and I wish them for the best. They have, they seem to have a lot of talent, um, a lot of talent, and I'm looking forward to what they have in store. And hopefully, they keep their ground check. I'm sure they will sign some guys from WWE once their contract expires. You know, like the rivals, even Randy Orton, who's by the way reports that his contract expired this December, and he he did stated that. He will be listening to AEW offers what they have offered for him, and we could see potentially we could see a big name, a first bit. Uh, um, I won't say first big name, but one of the big names jump from WWE to AEW. Do you see that happening? Uh, well, I, I think Randy Orton has like a a job set for life with WWE. If he wanted it, uh, you know they they pretty much just let him do whatever you know he, he's been there for a long time they've built around him a lot in recent years he he's of course beloved by triple h and all that kind of stuff so he has you know a, a spot for life in that company but i do think 
his friendship with Cody Rhodes, you know, from their legacy days, and they're still friends to this day. I do think that he would be more than willing to hear him out. And I do think, you know, people might laugh at the idea of, well, Randy Orton's going to leave WWE to go to this other company. I wouldn't laugh that off. You know, I would take that seriously. Like if his contract's up and, you know, he either is a, a ploy to angle more money out of WWE or you know, more perks in his contract or not, I do think that there is at least potential that he would be open to communicating with AEW and potentially going over there. You know, they have live weekly programming. They, they're run by a billionaire. His, one of his good friends is one of the main heads in charge of the company. I, I think there's potential for that. So when that time comes, it would not shock me at all. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all if Randy do indeed make that big jump. Um, and you, but I'm sure he will listen to offers from them once you know his contract expired later this year. Um, but I personally, I think he'll stay in WWE. To be honest with you, but I won't be surprised he'll he'll leave. But I will I will mark it. I will mark it out if he show up in the AEW on one of the TV events like Scott Hall Styles, <laughs> like a Scott Hall. Thing, you know, from when he was dead in WCW, but you never know. Um, I'm looking forward to the AEW on TNT this fall or some point later this year. Um, I'm hoping for the best. I'm assuming it'll be a two hour weekly show. I believe Cody will say that. Um, isn't it to be two hours, correct? Uh, yeah, I, I believe so. Even if it was an hour, which you know, I, I'd be fine with, but I, I'm pretty sure two hours is what they're gonna do, and it's the way to go. It's a, a good length, uh, they don't need that third hour and it's completely unnecessary so you know a two-hour live show every single week it it's a good idea to me yeah um i think two hours is, is enough i thought three hours is too much for any tv program it's one thing it's one thing if there's three hours for pay-per-view but it's another when there's three hours on the weekly tv show and that's that's a different ball game and that's I find that's too much, and WWE already struggled with that with three hours on yeah. Raw, and but hopefully, I'm pretty sure it'll be two hours for AW once they game on TNT. Um, but yeah, this is a great discussion. But before before, do you want to talk about the? Um, well, let's talk about a little bit about NXT Takeover last week. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, show? Uh, yeah, it was that was a, a great Takeover show. Um, top to bottom, TakeOver uh, 25. Uh, the 25th TakeOver show, and out of 25 of them, I can't name a single bad one. And uh, this adds right to it. It was uh, a great show, top to bottom, excellent matches, uh, all with outcomes that some shocked me a little bit, but others were you know, kind of to be expected. Uh, just a great, great wrestling show. And in fact, I'd go as far as to say it was better than Double or Nothing. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I enjoyed NXT Takeover last last uh last week, Takeover twenty five, which which is all which is um, amazing. It's already the twenty fifth Takeover, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, and and you know NXT Takeover they deliver again. You know it's it's amazing they've been delivered, keep delivering, doing a great product. I wish you could say the same about WWE Raw. And that to the way WWE SmackDown, yeah. um, you know, it's a shame that you know WWE, but you can blame Vince McMahon, you know, 
Can, can you imagine how Vince McMahon do one do the NXT instead of Triple H? Oh boy, that will be bad. <laughs> that will be bad. And you know, but it was you know, like you say, top from the bottom is good, really good. In, I, in my opinion, I thought the women match was okay, not nothing bad of it, but I could I thought it could be a little better. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that, I thought the ending was great. Her um, snapping, hitting her, um, Cheyenne with the nightstick with the candlestick. Yeah. Um, which is a good touch to it, which you never see her side before, and which is great. Um, but other than that, I thought the matches were good. Um, what's your favorite match? If you had to pick one, one of your favorite match on the NXT Takeover Twenty Five? Uh, it, it would have to be the main event: um, Adam Cole and uh, Johnny Gargano. I liked their first match at uh, Takeover New York. Uh, a little bit better, but uh, this was still a, uh, a, a excellent match. Um, they they just have great chemistry together. Adam Cole is criminally underrated for just how great he is in the ring, and Johnny Gargano. Uh, people really need to con- put him in the consideration of one of the best in the world. He is he continues to deliver every single time, like every single takeover, like whether it's Tommaso Ciampa or Andrade Cien Almas. Ricochet, Alistair Black, or here with Adam Cole. Like the dude goes out there and has fantastic matches at every takeover show he's on. And um, this one was no exception. And the, the ending with Adam Cole winning, uh, it's unfortunate that Johnny Gargano is the Sasha Banks of NXT and he can't successfully defend a championship. But um, hey, the story was him chasing for that title for so long and he finally got it but hey now it's time to see what adam cole can do and with adam cole as a champion you have johnny gargano chase out again you got matt riddle you got kushida you got keith lee you got a, a plethora of talent who can chase after him now and uh you can run with him as your champion for however long you want to yeah um i was about to say i thought the first meeting between johnny gargano and i'm calling it Slightly better than the second meeting, um, for the you know the best two hours three falls, and but the second meeting it was good. It was really a great matchup, and I enjoyed that match. I'm not surprised they have Cole win the championship, which is a great moment for him. It's great to see. But finally, you know the undisputed era come on top. You know the rest of them lost their matches, which is a bummer because I, I thought. The, the way I see it, I thought maybe Wallet Strong would be the only one to lose the match. I thought maybe the, Kyle O'Reilly and Barry Fish will win the NXT Tag Championship and then Cole win the World Championship. But now you got the um, man, what's the name of the team who won the Tag Championship? Uh, the Street Profits. Yeah, there we go. The Street Profits won, the, which is a great moment for them. And I thought they deserve yeah. it, but um, deserve it. They kind of remind me of, I would say, the Heart of Heat. In the, to that degree, I guess. Um, I mean, you got Stevie Ray, who's a powerful, strong, strong guy. You got um, same with the, which I felt his name again uh, right now. And, yeah, there we go, Doc Dawkins, and then the other guy who's kind of like Booker T in that, to that degree, minus the spinning Mooney. Yeah. Although um, I will say Montez Ford, had, and I dare anyone to debate me. He has the best frog splash in the entire business right now. The height that he gets on that move is just unreal. And it just looks devastating and it looks effortless on his part. So I, I, I'd say he has the best looking frog splash in the entire wrestling business today. 
Do you do you watch the um the the WWE combine on the yeah, I didn't see the entire thing. I knew it was like a five hour live stream pretty much, but I, I was watching uh a, a, a good amount of it. You know, I tuned in a little bit of it when I saw it. It was on their uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, I, I watched bits of it. I didn't watch the entire thing, and then when the show um Monte was doing the jumping ability, holy crap, he is the most athletic. Most actual guy I've seen since, well, when I'm watching the NBA, the NBA players, but uh, um, he's, it was pretty oppressive. You know, he's very agile, and I think he's just, wow, he's just really gifted, you know, very gifted. I'm, I'm jealous that it might not, because I'm not the most elite oh, guy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah. And, you know, but um, I do enjoy the match. Now, I didn't see. I didn't watch it. I did watch part of it today before I start the podcast. Um, where I'm at right now is the battle, and I talk about the showdown, the WWE Super Showdown. What are your thoughts on that show? Uh, <laughs> wow, we talked about AEW and Double or Nothing, and then Takeover and all this great stuff, and then we get to Super Showdown, and it's just like, ugh. <laughs> From the great to the worst, I can't call it a bad show. It was just, it, it was just there. It was just very weak. I came to say I was disappointed because I didn't have any high expectations for it whatsoever. It was just a show, <laughs> a, a very extremely expensive house show, and um, it was just not good. And you said you got up to the battle royal. I will warn you right now if you do so. And watching that Undertaker Goldberg match, I mean, you enter at your own risk. That's all I can tell you. Oh, I heard about it. Trust me, I heard about that, and I heard, you know, the bunch of boats moves. I didn't see the few of the two stone boats. I'm like, oh man, that's. I, I mean, I think there were parts that Goldberg got a concussion. Yeah. I think he was before the match even started when he banged his head on the door in his locker room coming out. Really. He did, oh man, he didn't he didn't that happen before with him? He did that before back in WCW or the early the first one in the WWE? Didn't he do that before? Yeah, he this is hurt. something that he's done before, but like the time where he did it and got hurt was in his uh comeback run back in uh, 2017. It was right before the Royal Rumble, and he was supposed to come out and cut a promo and he kept stopping and restarting his promo. He was bleeding from the head. It was very embarrassing. He doesn't learn the first time. Yeah, he so much intensity, you know. It, it yeah. makes sense, but like yeah, like <laughs> just so much built up intensity and you know, testosterone. It's got to be unleashed somewhere, and he just doesn't learn from it. Yeah, he he. I get it. You want to be showing energy and intense, but cut it down a little bit. You know, you're gonna end up get seriously injured. Yeah. I mean, he really serious injury, and he, he did get hurt at times. I remember he was then he punched something and broke his hand. At yeah, one point. Now that, yeah, that was back in WCW. He punched uh, a window of a limo or something like that. I think it was like some segment with Eric Bischoff or Vince Russo or something like that. And he punched uh, a window and like broke his hand or like really cut his hand up something fierce. So yeah, I think I was there that day. Uh, I think it was when I might be mistaken though. I think that's the one when when uh, he kidnapped Vince Russo and then Bret Hart show yeah, up. That's not right. And then he, 
and then Bret Hart hit Goldberg from behind that that day. Yeah, I, I was there because that's when Nitro was here. I was that was my first TV event. I came the one TV event. Oh, okay. I went. Yeah, so I was there. I'm, I'm me and some dude behind me are the only ones that boo Goldberg, <laughs> <laughs> and while the rest of the crowd are cheering for him, so we're the only ones who are booing Goldberg. And but yeah, um, but he just doesn't learn. But anyways, um, this was a great discussion um, with the AEW most likely, and just want to give your thoughts about Takeover and Showdown. <laughs> WWE yeah. Or super showdown, I should say, if you want to call it super. I don't want to, I, I refuse to call it super, really. To be honest with you. <laughs> I just want to call it showdown, that's it. But, um, but it was a great discussion. Um, anyways, um, I and we, I'll bring you back again if you like. Um, you can talk about more, maybe talk about the first TV event of the AEW by that time later this year. And, but this is a great discussion. Um, but, Anyways, um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, follow me on PDH10, which is PDH10 again, on Twitter. Um, and then Let's Talk Podcast has a Facebook page. Um, just give it a like and give it a follow, but you give the ladies up-to-date news regarding the podcast, Let's Talk Podcast, and with uh, upcoming guests, which I'm going to have for the next few weeks, including tomorrow. Now, tomorrow will be my second double header of Let's Talk Podcast, which I will have Alex as my guest tomorrow evening on Let's Talk Podcast, which we will discuss um, the this upcoming offseason for the New York Knicks, including the 2019 NBA draft, which is in a couple of weeks, by the way. So um, stay tuned for that for tomorrow night on Let's Talk Podcast. Um, do you want to plug anything regarding your uh, YouTube channel, Twitter, or anything like that? Sure. Yeah. If you want to follow me on Twitter, just follow at Best Heal Ever. Um, I live tweet during Raw and SmackDown whenever I watch it. I uh, commiserate with the rest of you suffer through that show. <laughs> Any other uh, wrestling shows that go on. And uh, you can follow, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Derek J407. I put up reviews of pretty much all WWE pay-per-views and even a few Ring of Honor, New Japan, uh, AEW, of course. I have a AEW double review posted from a couple weeks ago. Takeover 25 review posted up uh, just last week. And uh, I'll have a review of the New Japan Dominion show coming up uh, tomorrow or early this morning, uh, this early in the morning on a Sunday. Um, that's where we'll get uh, Okada and Chris Jericho for the IWGP championship. So I will try to get a video up by the end of the day and uh yeah so follow me on all kinds of outlets and i'll most likely be talking about wrestling and I'll, every single one of them yeah that okada and Cherico has potential to be a great match um and that one i know i will watch eventually <laughs> i will watch eventually and i'm looking forward to that match because i know because you know knowing Cherico, i always want to see all these matches i just saw Last week, because I'm a little behind with NJPW, but I record every week. I have it recorded every week on Access TV, and I just saw last week Cherico against Nano, Nano on the Wrestle uh, Kingdom yep. uh, early this year, which it was a great oh, yeah. match. Uh, so I was, I, uh, I was, I was enjoying that match. So, and right now, I'm watching New Japan Pro Wrestling for on Wrestling Kingdom 13, which is now. 
Okada against Jay White. I think it was yeah, Jay White. So that's why I'm watching right now. Wow, I have to keep it mute so because <laughs> I don't want to from recording on the TV while we're talking. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, but anyway, it was a great talking to you again, and we can we'll try this again if you like. Absolutely, man. It's always good talking to you. Yeah, same here. And um, so um, this uh, this last top podcast is available on so far eight different platforms: Anchor. Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, um, Stitcher, and Radio Public, and there's one more, and I can't remember right now, top of my head. And mm-hmm. you get the point. You, it, there's a link over there on the on the Anchor website. It will say um, eight apps, and you click that, and it will tell you on the eight app. You can listen to my Let's Talk podcast, all the episodes, including this episode, once I upload it. And tomorrow's episode too, and all the episode all is available on those eight different platforms uh, on Let's Talk Podcast. Now, if there's a platform that's not available on my podcast, you can request it, and there's a link, I believe. Uh, we can go to Anchor website, my Anchor slash Philip ninety three. There's a will show all the eight apps list, and they say that, uh, your platform not show up or the app not on there. You can request it. You click that link and you follow the, the instruction um, to add the my podcast if it were on the platform. But anyways, have a good night, everyone. Um, have a good rest of this coming new week. Stay safe. Don't do anything stupid. <laughs> and I'll talk to you. T- and don't forget, tomorrow, Let's Talk Podcast with Alex will be my guest. So stay tuned for that. And is, one, is there one last thing you want to quote cl- before I close the show? Uh, no, just happy to be here again, and uh, yeah, good luck to everybody. Yeah, and what he said. <laughs> so, peace out, everyone. <laughs>